Thank you very much. Uh, just yesterday in many communities, people were celebrating Ayantav. It was Yutas Kislev. Uh, by Lubavitch, it's especially Ayantav. It's the Chag Hagula that the first Lubavitcher Rebbe was uh, uh, freed from prison. One occasion that he was freed from prison. Another Hasidim celebrated. It happened to be the Yartzat of the Bezrich Magid, who was the Rebbe of all of the uh, original uh, Hasidish Rebbes. And uh, even those who don't celebrate Yudtes Kisle don't have any tightness against the Hasidim why they do celebrate. However, the observance of the holiday of Hanukkah does pose a major problem. Uh, the the Rabbani Shalom gave us the 613 mitzvahs and he wrote into the Chumash that this constitution cannot have any amendments. It says, You're not permitted to add on any mitzvahs, you're not permitted to detract any mitzvahs. So Yutas Kislev is a young that's celebrated by that group over there. And others celebrate, I happen to live in Washington Heights, uh, the Yekas from Frankfurt, so they celebrate uh, whenever there's a Shonamu Beres, whenever there's a leap year. So in other Shani, they celebrate uh, uh, Purim Frankfurt because of something that happened. No one remembers exactly what happened. It was before their time. Something happened in Frankfurt that had some kind of a Yeshua. So no one ever posed an issue, no one ever raised the problem that this should constitute a violation of Baltasis, because that's a local celebration. They're not making it as a, they haven't instituted it as a yanta for the whole Klaalisol all over the world. But Hanukkah and Purim and other Yavim Taivim, Yom Atzmuot, Yom Yishalayim, these kind of holidays which are celebrated by Jews all over the world, the Gemara says that this did pose a problem. Originally when the yanta of, of Purim was established, there was tremendous opposition, the Gemara says in Megillah, because the other Rabbanim at the time felt there was a big debate before they established the Yantif. Many Rabbanim felt that this is a Shiloh Baltais. So you're adding on a new Yantif, which is going to be celebrated by Jews all over the world. And this is over and above the Yavim Tevim that are listed in the Chumash. The Torah has Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Pesach, Shavuot, and finished. What is the Hefe? What is the permissibility of establishing additional Yavim Tevim? So the Talmud refers to a book that's available now in the bookstores. We have it in all the libraries. That's called Megillah Steinus. In the days of the Tanoim, during the period of the Second Temple, they used to celebrate many more Yamim Tevim, more than Hanukkah and Purim. Literally, every month in Gedonistik was another Yontif when you didn't say Tachnun. <laughs> and if there would be uh, a Levaya, it would be forbidden to deliver a Hespit. And if a person had Yartzeit, he wouldn't be permitted to fast. This is called Megillah Steinus, the days on which one is forbidden to fast because it's a Yantif and no Hesped and so on. The reason why it's called Megillah, Megillah means that it was written. It was uh, written down as opposed to the Mishnayis. At that time, the Mishnayis with the Torah Shabbat, the oral law, was still being transmitted orally. And the Megillah Steinus, this book, was already committed to writing and that's why it's called Megillah. That's why Rashi writes in Gemara Shabbos. It's called Megillah Steinus. And it starts off with Nisan, Nier, Sivan, every month of the Jewish calendar, and it lists off all of the holidays that the rabbis added on during the period of the Second Temple. And uh, the rabbis obviously felt that there was no violation of Baltasif, and the Gemara discusses exactly why not. Why was this not, why did this not constitute a violation of Baltasif? What's the guiding principle to determine when you have the right to establish a new Yontif and when not? So the rabbis of the Talmud bring up the issue in a few places. I'll, I'll quote the one places in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah where the Gemara has a dispute after the destruction of the second temple do we still continue to observe all of the holidays 
of Megillah Shainus or not, and the Gemara comes to the conclusion that not. Why not? So the Gemara explains because the Tzara Shavashibahem, the thing that they all have in common is that all of these holidays, what, are we, what exactly are we commemorating on Hanukkah? Are we commemorating the victory of the Hashemunayim against the enemy? Not really. Not really. If you look in the book of Megillah Steinus, some of the holidays had to do with the military victories of the Hashemunayim against the enemies. Others had to do with other things. So the Talmud points out that the Tzara Shavah, the common denominator between all the holidays is that they all revolved about the building of the second temple, the improvement of the structure of the second temple, the improvement of the Hakrovis Hakarbonus of the second temple, or the improvement of the institutions of the Beis Hamikdash, namely either the Kuhuna Gedoyla, the position of the Kangodal, or the institution of the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin is also an institution of the Beis Hamikdash, as we derive from the Psukim. The Sanhedrin has to have their offices in the Beis Hamikdash, in the temple. When the Sanhedrin left the Mokam Amigdash, they no longer, they ceased to exist as a Sanhedrin. The Talmud derives from the past of the Alisa El HaMakam, you have to go to the Bezna HaGodol, Malamech HaMakam Gorim. Only when they're located in the Lishkas HaGozis, in their special office in the Beis Amigdash, do they have the special status as Sanhedrin Gdoyla. When they move out from the Beis Amigdash, they no, no longer have that status. So the Talmud points out very clearly, you don't make a Yontif when you have a military victory. When they had the military victories of the Hashemunayim, there was a second temple. So the military victory meant that they preserved the temple from destruction. The enemy wanted to destroy it. So they preserved it. Or the military victory enabled them to straighten out the Korbanis, the Beis Amigdash at the time when they made the revolt against, uh, against the Greeks. The Beis Amigdash was being used for other bizarre purposes. The Jews weren't bringing Korbanis. There were Jews who were running the show in the Beis Amigdash who were offering sacrifices to Avodah so when the Hashemunayim came in, they had a military victory. You don't make a yontif of a military victory. Saul made a military victory. You don't make a yontif when you have a victory. You make a yontif when the victory means that you defended the Beis Amigdash from being destroyed, or you straighten out the Beis Amigdash, and now you can offer korbanos. And this is derived from the psukim that we read in Chumash, on Hanukkah. What is the Kriya Sator on Hanukkah? So we read from Parshish Noso that when Moshe Rabbeinu completed the building of the Mishkan in the Midbar after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim so they built the Mishkan so each day for the first 12 days of the month of Nisan starting from Rosh Chodeshan each Nasi representing his Shevet brought, brought special Karbanas L'Chanukas HaMishkan this was in addition to the Tmidim and Mustafim every day they brought the Talmud Shal Shachar and Talmud Shal Ben Abayim and on Shabbos and on Rosh Chodesh they brought the Mustafim whatever other, other Karbanas regular Karbanas standard Karbanas had to be offered they offered and in addition to that, they were commanded a special mitzvah to celebrate on the occasion of the completion of the building of the Mishkan. So in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, the nature of the celebration was told to him that every Nasi should have a separate day. The Nasi from Shevet Yehuda should bring the special Karbanas on the first day of Nisan and the next Nasi on the second day and so on. And for the 12 days, the last 7 days in the month of Ador with the Shivas Miamiluim and the first 12 days in the month of Nisan with the 12 days of Hanukkah Sanasim, and that was the way they celebrated the completion of the building of the Mishkan. We read later in the, in the Novi when, when Shlomo HaMelech completed the building of the first base on English, so they also celebrated. It was completed a different season of the year. It was completed just about Yom Kippur time. So it says that they celebrated Shivas Yomim and Shivas Yomim. They celebrated the f- seven days, the completion of the base on English, right before Sukkot. 
And then we celebrated Sukkot for seven days. And the simple reading of the Pasuk says, included in the seven days before Sukkot is the Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is on the 10th of Tishrei, and Sukkot is on the 15th. So the Pasuk says that they were eating and drinking and rejoicing on Yom Kippur. They ate on Yom Kippur. So how did Shlom HaMelech dig this one up? Where did he get that from? And the Gemara says he didn't have a Nevuah. Shlom HaMelech didn't get a prophecy that he's, that he's supposed to celebrate. He understood it from the Pesukim and Chumash. Madach in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu was only a Mishkan that was only of a temporary nature. It's going to be moving around from place to place, from location to location. And the Korbanas that they brought were only Korban Yochid. It, it, it was only it was only the Nisim were bringing Korbanas. And they were Mechalal Shabbos, they were permitted because they brought every day, so included Shabbos for 12 days in a row, include Shabbos of course. And nonetheless they were permitted to be Mechalal Shabbos. He says, I'm not being Mechalal Shabbos, I'm just violating Yom Kippur and I'm building a Beis HaMikdash, the Beis HaElamim. This is the place where the Beis HaMikdash is going to stay. It's not going to move around. It's not going to be any other location after the Beis Rishon. Baishani was built in the same location. Baishlish is going to be built again in the same location. So he understood based on a Kalvachayma, based on the Midrash Atar and the He didn't have an Avua. That's what it says in the Gemara in White Cup. He didn't have an Avua. He understood from the Pasuk and Chumash. And what do you mean he understood from the Pasuk and Chumash? We have a principle in the Talmud. When you want to derive a din from one halacha to the other, you can only derive a din from a, from a halacha that applies throughout all the generations. You can't derive from a Hirash law. The Gemara has an expression, Doris Mishol Afina. You don't learn out from a Hirash law. If, if in the days of Moshe Rabbeinu, he was told the Hirash on this one special occasion, the Nisim should bring Karbonus for the first 12 days in the month of Nisim. So how can he do Raharid Shlomamelech have the chutzpah to learn out from that? Then in his generation, he has the right to be Mechalog Yom Kippur, to eat on Yom Kippur. So the Ramban, both in his commentary on Chumash, as well as his commentary on the Sefer Mitzvah, and Ban says, you see from this Gemara that this is a, a Din Ladaris. This is one of the Taryag Mitzvahs. It's a big literature. Rambam and others before and after the Rambam, how do you decide which are the 613 Mitzvahs? Gemara makes a statement, and the Midrash makes such a statement that there are 630 Mitzvahs. Which are the 613? So the Rambam has his list, and others have before and after the Rambam have different lists. So the Ramban writes, and in his opinion, one of the 613 Mitzvahs is the following, that whenever you complete, we haven't completed so many, whenever you complete the building of the Beis Amigdosh, that's an occasion for celebration, and you have to observe it somehow. Exactly how do you observe it? So sometimes you observe it by bringing korbanas, sometimes you observe it by eating, on, by eating and drinking on Yom Kippur. How long should it be? 12 days, 7 days, 8 days, 21 days? That already you have to figure out on each occasion. The Tzukim tell us in the end of Nevoah Yecheskel that Lossin when the third temple will be built, so the, celebra- the special additional Karbonus celebration will take over half a year. In addition to the regular Karbonus that we'll have to bring every day in the Beis Amigdosh, the Tzukim and Yecheskel say starting from Ashkodesh Nisan doesn't say which year, it just says the day of the month. It says starting from Ashkodesh Nisan through Sukkis, that's uh, six and a half months, they will have to bring additional Karbonus uh, because of the fact that we just completed the celebration, that we just completed the, the, the building of the Beis Amigdash. And when they built the second temple also, the Psukim say that they celebrated for three weeks. It's a Psukim in Ezra Nechemin. They celebrated on the occasion of the completion of the, of the second temple. The celebration took three weeks. There is this it was Shivas Imam Iluim and it was uh, it was the twelve days of the Nisiyim. And the days of Shlomo Melech it says Shivas Yamim and Shivas Yamim. The seven days before Sukkis and it's another seven days. And the Bayis 
And the Baishani says they celebrate it for three weeks, and Lost Love says they celebrate it for six and a half months. In fact, there are some Paskim who say Halacha Lamaisa. As I mentioned before, we haven't built so many Batanikdashis. In the days of Mashuabena, they celebrated after they built the Mishkan. In the days of Shlomo Melech, they celebrated after they built, completed the Bais Rishon. In the days of Ezra, they celebrated when they completed the second Beis Amigdash. And Yecheskel Navi says that we'll celebrate for six months Lassi Lava. That's all. So some Paskans say no. Whenever you complete the building of a shul or yeshiva, and the Navi refers to Bati Knesias, the Bati Midrashis, as Migdash Miyat, the Navi says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to destroy the Beis Amigdash, the Bais Rishon. But nonetheless, I will enable them to have a miniature based on Migdosh in Bavu. What miniature based on Migdosh did they have? So the Gemara says that Nevu is alluding to the Bati Knesias, the Bati Midrash, the Bavu. So, so many Rishonim hold that that's really, a, the Novi is saying over a real din. It's not, a, it's not an invention of the Rabbon. It's a real din in Torah. Every base on Medrash and every base on Knesses has a status of a miniature based on Migdosh. So some of the poskim write, when you complete the building of a yeshiva or a shul, it's a mitzvah not to celebrate. You don't have to eat on Yom Kippur. You don't have to bring any kabbalas. You can't bring any kabbalas, but you have to have a Hanukkah Beisach Knesset. You have to celebrate. You have to have uh, dancing, singing, eating something, drushes. You have to have some kind of a celebration that, that people will enjoy, that they'll see that there's something significant going on. So the Ramban points out, you see from the Psukim in Tanakh, from the Chumash and from Shlomo HaMelech and from Melochim and from Mezra Nechemia and from Yecheskel Asilova you see that this is the din this is a mitzvah whenever you complete the building of the Beit HaMikdosh there is a mitzvah to celebrate then we see from the Psukim in the Novi Zechariah not only when you complete the building of the Beit HaMikdosh on that one occasion every year in commemoration if you want to celebrate you're not obligated to celebrate every year in commemoration but if you will celebrate there will be a fulfillment of the mitzvah. So that wouldn't, that already wouldn't be a violation of Altais. Let's say we would have a Beis Amigdosh and uh, we celebrate it on the occasion of the completion of the Beis Amigdosh. That's a mitzvah. And now every year we will celebrate on the commemoration, commemorating the annual, the annual anniversary of the completion. See, not mechuyiv, not obligated to celebrate biblically. But if you want to celebrate, that wouldn't be a violation of Altais. That's a mitzvah sorshus. Similarly, we derive also from the Psukim in Zechariah. Zechariah Novi is speaking about when the third base on English will be built, what are we gonna, how are we going to deal with Tishabov and Asura Batevis and some Gedalia? So he says, these days will be converted into holidays. What kind of holidays? All of Plavis are going to, it says, Tzomar Aviv, Tzomar Hamishi. The context is when they built the second temple, so the Balabatim saw that there's a lot missing. Uh, there were people who were, who were 85 years old, 80, 85 years old. They remembered the first place on English, but there's only 70 years in between. So there were people, old timers, who remembered the first place on English with its beautiful glory. And they said, This is I in the name. This is nothing. How does this compare to the real McCoy? This is a fake. This is a, an imitation place on English. And the Psukim say that they were crying. And it says that the, the younger people who had never seen a place on English were dancing and clapping and rejoicing. And there were more people crying than those who were singing, and they drowned out. The old timers crying drowned out the rejoicing of the younger people. That's what it says in Ezra, the book of Ezra. It says the Chagas Malachi. The same thing is repeated, the same story. They're talking about the same incident. There was so much missing. So the people had a Shiloh, the Balabat, and asked the Shiloh of the Novi Zechariah, maybe we should still fast on Tishabov. What do you mean fast on Tishabov? Tishabov is a day on which we mourn the destruction of the temple. So for 70 years they were mourning. Now they have a base on Migdosh. 
like the Shaila when they when they established Medina Sisola in 1948. That was one of the Shailas that came a few months after Hakam Samdina. I remember I was a little boy. Should we still fast on Tishabov? So the Abodim said, yeah, we have no base on Mignosh. So here the Balabatim asked the Shaila of Zechariah Hanavi in the book of Zechariah. Should we still continue to fast on Tishabov because this base on Mignosh is a fake? This isn't the real thing. There's so many things missing. And when they were building Beis Amigdush, the Novi Chagai was given the prophecy that they should build it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, the Erzabot, this is my desire, V'ikovdo, I will be honored when you build me the Beis Amigdush. So the word V'ikovdo appears in the book of, in the Nevuah of Chagai, missing a hey at the end. It's written V'ikovdo. So the Gemara says, so why do you read it? V'ikovdo, Zog V'ikovdo, I will be honored. Why do you have, make it into a pre-exiv? The word is V'ikovdo and it's missing a hey. So the Talmud says because the tradition has it that there were five things missing in the second temple. There were, the Urimetumim were missing and the Shechina was missing and there are different Midrashim lists of which are the five things missing. Lemai said there were 25 things missing. There were five major things and 20 minor things. So every Medrash has a different version of which are the five things that were missing that the Navi Chagai was alluding to. So in the end there were many things missing. There were so many things missing. The Balabatim said this is Ka'ayin. They were crying. They felt that this is an imitation based on Mignusha. The Navi was asked to Shaila, should we continue to fast on Tisha B'Av and Asar B'Tavis? This is an Ishkin based on Mignush. Maybe, maybe we still have to fast. So the Navi gave them a very unclear answer, which the Gemara discusses. So the Gemara says, the Navi was telling them the institution of the Megillah's Tainus, that you, you have the right to establish additional Yom Tevim, and Lase Lavoi, when the third base on Mignush will be built, we're going to have many more Yom Tevim. And during the period of the second temple, they followed this Nevu of, of uh, Zachariah. Every month in Gendoshtim, there was another holiday. And it wasn't only a holiday for one day. It was like Hanukkah is a holiday for eight days. You used to have a three-day holiday, five-day holiday, eight-day holiday, week and a half holiday. Every other week, there was another holiday. Kiseida. Like by the Hasidim, they never say Tachnon. So. But by the Hasidim, they don't, they don't force it on everybody. See, again, by the Hasidim, when it's a yard site of a certain Rebbe, so that Shtibel, that Kleisel, they observe it as a young The other people don't say so that's not an issue of Baltasar. But here these holidays were observed by God's Kalari saw. So the Gemara says, to, what's going to be with the Baltasar? So the Gemara says, no, because these are all based on the Din Daraisa. The Din Menatara is when you complete the building of the Beis Amigdash, it's a mitzvah to celebrate and to rejoice. The Rabbanishon created the world. The whole purpose of Briyash Shemayim Baruch was Bikesh HaKadosh Bochashi Tihilodira V'Tachtainim. He wanted to have this base on Migdash. This is his pride and joy. This is, what, this is what prompted him to build the whole, to create the whole world in order to have a base on Migdash. That's the center. That was the first thing that he built. That's called the Evan Shisiya. The Gemara says in Yuma, why is the Dome of the Rock? Why is it, what's the rock over there? That Evan, that rock in the Kodesh HaKadoshim is called the Evan Shisiya Shemisham Nishtas Kodolam. The whole world was started over there and everything else expanded from there. And Eretz Yisrael, the Mokam HaMikdash, Al-Pidin, considered the center of the world. Eretz Yisrael, Gevoi Mikol HaRotzes. And Yerushalayim is Gevoi Mikol Eretz Yisrael. The Mokam HaMikdash is considered the most important, the highest place on the globe. You can hold the globe however you want. So the Bani Shalom, created the world, held the globe in such a way that the Mokam HaMikdash was on top. That was the Iker of the whole Bria Shamayim Oretz, was the Mokam HaMikdash. So the Navi told, the Navi Zachari told B'nai Yisrael, that although the biblical obligation to observe the Yontif is only at the occasion of the completion of the Beis Amikdash, but if you'll commemorate this every year, every consequent year, you'll, you'll still celebrate, 
This will also be a kiyom ha-mitzvah. No chiyom but there's a kiyom. And if something occurs where you improve the Beis Amigdash, you improve either the structure of the Beis Amigdash or you improve the nature of the Korbanas, <coughs> or you improve the institutions of the Beis Amigdash, namely, either the institution of the Kuhuna Gdol, or the High Priesthood, or the institution of the, uh, of the uh, Sanhedrin, which is also a, a function of the Beis Amigdash, this is also ground for celebration. Not Mechuyif too, but if you'll celebrate, this will be a Kiyam HaMitzvah. So that's what the Navi was explaining. This is not a violation of Baltasik. So basically, during the period of the Second Temple, they had all these Yom Tevim, and all the Yom Tevim had to do with the Bayishen, everything had to do with the Beis HaMikdash. When the Second Temple was destroyed, so, they can, so the rabbis had a discussion, does it make sense to still continue to celebrate? They came to the conclusion, no. There was a debate that was going on for years and years. In the year 70, it went on for quite a few centuries. Should they, some people did celebrate these Yom Tevim, some didn't. And finally, in the days of Rabbi Shmuel, that, that was the, those were the students of Rabbi Yudal Nasi. Rabbi Yudal Nasi died around the year 220. So from the year 70 till around the year 230, they were still fighting about this. Whether Yesh Yom that you should celebrate, Yesh Yom that you shouldn't celebrate. The final conclusion was, we no longer celebrate these Yom Tevim, with two exceptions. We still celebrate Chanukah and Purim. So the child is, why do you, it's Chanukah time now. Why do we still celebrate Chanukah? If there's no base on English, but if it doesn't make sense to celebrate the other Yom Tov, what are you celebrating? We, 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 are, we are observing Avelis now. Asura B'Tevish, Shirasa B'Tamas, we're in a state of Avelis. We have no base on English. What are we celebrating Hanukkah for? Just like we no longer celebrate the other Yom Tov, we shouldn't celebrate Hanukkah. So the commentaries on the Gemara explain, the Gemara gives us a slight answer, it's a little unclear. So the commentaries on the Gemara quote the Psukim from Chagai. Chagai Hanavi pro- was one of the three prophets who were uh, instructing B'nai so that they should uh, build the second base on Miglish. The, the Allah requires you have to build the base on Miglish with the supervision of a prophet, of a Navi. Today we don't have any Nevi'im, so even if we would like to, we probably wouldn't be able to build the base on Miglish. The Allah says, L'shich should rosh al pi Navi. You have to have authorization of a Navi. That's what it says in the Sitra, and that's what it says in the Gemara. That was the big issue of Tzvi Hirshkalasha with the students of Rabbi Kiva mid-1800s, and he was all excited about it. He didn't realize that there's a mosque. He, he never lived in Eretz Yisrael. He never visited. He was a rov in Europe. So he had this dream, let's go there, let's get money. He wanted uh, Baron Rothschild should put up money, and they should build the Beis Hamikdash. and uh, he didn't realize it's not for sale. The Arabs are not prepared to sell the Mahamadus. He won't let us build the Beis Hamikdash. So he had this dream, let's build the Beis Hamikdash, and Rabbi Kivega agreed. Rabbi Kivega was his rebbe, and Rabbi Kivega sent it to the Hassam Seifer, his son-in-law. He agreed. Many G'daylam agreed, let's go put up money and build a base on Migdash. And then some of the G'daylam, there was one of, there was a great guy, Rabbi Yankif Etlinger, who gave smicha to Rabbi Simpson Rafael Hirsch. He was a rabbi in Germany. And he wrote, uh, he wrote quite a few swarm. So one of the swarm that he wrote is Shabbos Hashuvah's Binyan Sion. The reason why it's called Shabbos Hashuvah's Binyan Sion, the first two letters were sent to Rabbi Hirsch about the Binyan base on Migdash. So the first two letters he explains, it's a nice idea, but we have no Navi. All the other things he can solve. Rapsiyash Kalash wrote a whole book to solve all the problems. How are you going to ascertain who the Kohanim are? What are you going to do with Tchelis? What are you going to do with Big Dekuna? What are you going to do with the Mokamam Bizdel? We're going to do all the problems we solve. He said, but there's one problem you didn't solve. You have to have a Navi. And he quotes the Gemara, and he quotes the Psukim, and he quotes the Sifrei. You, you have to have a Navi to authorize the building of a base. He said, we have no Navi. What is there to discuss? And that's uh, the generally accepted opinion now that most of the Gdalim said if you don't have a Navi, you can't build a base on Migdush. The Talmud says that 
at the end of the 70 years of Golis Baba Kodesh Baruch who was in Kaas on B'nai Yisrael why they didn't go on Aliyah he gives you permission to go to go was everybody the Gemara says hardly the Pesukim say hardly anybody went what was it 46,000 Jews all the millions of Jews stayed behind in Borough Park and Cedarhurst and in Washington Heights we, all, we like it here we didn't, we didn't go there to Israel and then a handful of Jews go, went and who were the handful of Jews who went the Mamzerim the Chalolim, the Sari Yuchsin, the Balei Tshuva, the Geirim, the Gemara Lissoch, all the Shvachet people. All the Trumah Yidin, but the big Yichas stayed behind in Bavel. And the Gemara says they wouldn't marry each other. Rabchia came from Bavel to learn by Rabbi Yudal Nasi in Eretz Yisrael, so he was a star student. So Rabbi Yudal Nasi said, you know, I have a daughter. He wasn't interested in the daughter. So he said, my Torah, you listen to my daughter, you don't want... He didn't want to answer because they didn't marry each other. The Gemara says the, the people from Bavel had a pure yichas. They were, they were kosher Eden. And they treated all the Jews who went to Teretz Yisrael and Aliyah. They treated them like all Suffolk Mamzerim. Because there was such a mixture of Mamzerim and Chalolim and Esirim and Gerim and Bali and everything. It was a mess. Like the Zionists that went to Eretz Yisrael. Most of the Zionists that went were not observing anti-religious. It's a whole, a whole, a whole uh, mixture of people there. So that's what happened at the beginning of the Baishani. The people who went there to Israel were not with the big yichas. Hardly anybody went. So the Gemara had a tradition the Baruch Shalom was angry at the name Israel. No one went. So he said in his anger he's not going to send any more Nevi'im. The only three prophets he sent were Chagas Chaim Allah because he wanted them to build the base on Migdash. And Allah says without prophecy, without Nevi'im authorizing and supervising the building, you cannot build the base on Migdash. So the Gemara says in Zvachim that these three Nevi'im were sent Chagai authorized one thing and Zechai authorized another thing and Malachi authorized the third thing. Each one authorized and supervised a different aspect of the building of the Beis Amigdash and they built it already. So the Navi Chagai is the one who, the first one, who encourages them, build me a Beis Amigdash. Erzabo, this is my desire, the Ikovdo, I will be honored. And then the Navi continues to say that this Beis Amigdash is so shvach, you look at it, he says, this is nothing. You people remember the old Beis Amigdash, the Beis Vishen. This is nothing. You're crying. Everybody should be mechazik themselves. It's gewaldic. It's wonderful. The Baruch Hashem tells you, don't worry. This is going to be a very gewaldic gezach. A little while will pass by. I'm going to make Nisim and Eflois during the period of the second base on English that all the nations of the world will see what's happening that there is a Hashuras HaShchina it's not visible there's no Gilu Shchina but the Shchina is here in the Baishani. for all the years of the Baishani it will not be noticeable not be visible but there will occur a tremendous nest and Rashi says the Nebu is referring to the Nisim Hanasim the Bnei Chashmanoi to the Nes Chanukah that occurred in the base on English the purpose of the Ness is to demonstrate to everybody that there is a Hashuras Hashinah. And he says, all the nations of the world, the Bochemdas Kaladoyim, the people will come and donate their money to the Beis Amigdash, the Goyim and the Jews. They'll all realize this is the real thing. Even though there's no Gila Shina, the Shina is the Seser. And then he says, Liha Kesev, the money is mine. The famous Pasuk, all the gold and silver in the world is mine. The Rabbi Shalom says, and I decide where I want it, I want all the money to be brought to the Beis Amigdash and they'll see the glory. And the Navi continues to say, don't worry about the Beis HaMikdash, Godol Yeh Kvod HaBayis HaZeh HaAchra Min HaRishon Omar HaShem Tzvok is the glory of this, the second Beis HaMikdash will 
exceed the glory and the beauty of the first Beis Hamikdash. And you'll see that it's really something evolving. In what sense was the second Beis Hamikdash ever greater than the first Beis Hamikdash? It was never glorious. There was nothing evolving about it. What is the Navi talking about? So Rashi on the Pasuk quotes from the Gemara in Baba Basra and Dav Gimel is a dispute between Rabbi Shmuel. So one opinion is, look, the first Beis Hamikdash lasted 410 years, the second Beis Hamikdash lasted longer. So that's what he's talking about. That's called more glorious. It lasted longer, but Sadnish Gitaikt. It was no good from the first day on there were Apikursim who were dancing the first day. It says they opened up the holy temple for high holiday services. Ezra, Ezra, it says in the book of Ezra, Ezra was a coin. He got the first Aliyah on Rosh Hashanah. And he says, he says, Baruch Hashem Hamvarach. It's recorded in Seif in Nehemiah chapter 8. And they all said, Baruch Hashem Baruch Hashem It said the Bracha. And he said, Min Ha'oylam V'yad Ha'oylam. He said, what does that mean? Blessed be God from this world to the world to come. So the Mishnah says in Brachas, in the period of the Baisvishan, they didn't have to say Min Ha'olam Ha'olam. Everybody believed it. Ha'olam Ha'zen, Ha'olam Ha'bor. But Mishakil Kalu Ha'minim, the Mishnah says in the last Peregrine Brachas, when they were Apikurs and Batansin, and they didn't believe in Ha'olam Ha'bor, so the rabbis instituted, you have to say a Brachah, Min Ha'olam Ha'olam. Where was Mishakil Kalu Ha'minim? That was day number one in the Baisheni. The, the Apikurs were dancing already from the first day on. And there were periods in the second base on Migdash that the Apikurs were running the Hakrovas Hakarbonas. They were celebrating Shavuos on Sunday every year. Pentecost on Sunday. That's where the Christians got it. The, the Christians got it from, from the, from the Tzedukim during the period of Baishen. Christians picked up a lot of things from the, from the Tzedukim and the Baishen. And there was Machloikis Kiseida the whole time Baishen between the Tzedukim and the Prushim. There was nothing exceptional about the Baishen. It's, it's very strange what the Navi promises. The second base on Migdash will exceed the glory of the second temple will exceed the glory of the first temple. More glorious because it lasted longer. Especially the way the Talmud presents it. The rabbis had a tradition. The second temple only lasted 420 years. In the history books it says that it lasted much more than, uh, much more, more than 550 years. But in the Talmud they had a tradition. The second Baishani only lasted 420 years. So because of that 10 year difference. The Baishvishim lasted 410 years, that says in Tanakh, and the Baishani, according to Talmudic history, lasted 420 years. So 10 lousy years, that's called more glorious. So the other opinion of Gemara is no, not that it was more glorious because it lasted 10 years longer, but more glorious because it was taller. Baishvishim was so tall, Baishani was a little taller. So taller makes it more glorious. How can it be that it's more glorious? Very difficult Pasuk, what does it mean? So the Zohar has a comment on this Pasuk that the commentaries on the Gemara quote. The Pasig uses a strange expression. He says, Godal Yaqvod Habayis Hazer Ha'akharon. Hazer. This base Amigdash. So how does he call it Ha'akharon? The last. This is not the final base Amigdash. There were those Apikursim who tied it to the rabbis. What do we always daven in the in the Shman Asri Musaf? We pray to Akhodish Baruch, he should rebuild the base Amigdash, and we should bring more Kabbalists. He told us already this second base Amigdash is the Bayis Ha'akharon. This is the last base Amigdash. So what are we praying for? So the Zohar is bothered with that cash as well. So the Zohar explains, no, that it's like a hyphenated expression. Habayis hazeh ha'acharon, this second hyphen third base amigdash. Unlike the first and the second base amigdash, when the first base amigdash was destroyed, that was the end of an era. It was oru oru ad like it says in Almaris Bobo. They destroyed everything in the Baishish and there was nothing left when it came Baishani. So Baishani, they had to start from scratch all over again. As opposed to that relationship, when the Baisheni was destroyed, they didn't destroy everything. The Kaislam Arabi was left. 
the underground caves are left, and based on there, whatever you have under the ground, you can figure out what's supposed to be on top of the ground, based on the Mishnayis. Mishnayis tell you what's under the ground, what's on top, so they know archaeologically where everything is supposed to be on top of the ground. So the Pasuk seems to be telling us that the third temple will be a continuation of the second temple. So that's why the Talmud tells us that when the second temple was destroyed, they no longer celebrated all the other holidays in Megillus Tainus, because all the other holidays had to do with things that occurred during the period of the second temple. No base on Megillus says, so now we're in a state of mourning. We're observing Avelis over the destruction of the temple. You don't celebrate the building of the Bayashani, with the exception of Hanukkah, because Hanukkah Melechatchila was prophesied by the Navi Chagai. The purpose of Hanukkah is to show that even though this is nothing, you're crying, it doesn't compare to the first place I'm English, but he says, no, this, I'm going to make a nest Hanukkah to demonstrate that there is a, the Shechina is hiding, and the time will come when the third base on English will be built, where there will be a tremendous Gil Shechina. But what does it have to do with the second base on English? No, the third will be a continuation of the second. The second was not a continuation of the first, but the third will be a continuation of the second. The halacha, in fact, says when a coin comes to the base on English to bring Karbonus for the first time, he has to bring what's called the Minchas Chinuch. Before he's allowed to bring Karbonus, he has to bring a Mincha to be Mechanech himself as a Kohen. So the Rishonim comment on the Gemara in Moitotin, what if there be a Kohen 85 years old, he comes into the second temple, he wants to bring Karbonus, he did bring his Mincha Sinoch in the first base on English. And now, 70 years went by, and now he's coming to the second base on English, he wants to bring a Karbonus, does he have to bring again a Mincha Sinoch? So the Gemara says, yes, on the new management, Whatever you did in the first base Amigdash doesn't count. This is a new base Amigdash, no Hemshech from the first base Amigdash. But the third base Amigdash, if we'll have Kohanim, will be 2,000 years old. If the third base Amigdash is considered a Hemshech of the second base Amigdash. That's what the Prophet told him. This second hyphen third base Amigdash, the third base Amigdash will be much greater than the first. The second was Shrach and Mises. The second was very strong, but the third will be greater. So the Talmud says that's why we still continue to celebrate Hanukkah now. We're not really celebrating in commemoration of what happened. We're celebrating in anticipation of the third base on English. That we consider the next Hanukkah as a simon ledover that the second base on English was the Haskola, was the Hachona, that was the, the beginning of the preparation of the building of the third base on English. In fact, in the, in the Nevu of Zechariah, we have Chagas Chaim Malachi with the three prophets who were there at the beginning of the period of the building of the second temple. So the Haftarah of Shabbos Hanukkah, we read from the, from the Nevu of Zechariah. So Zechariah Hanavi has a fantastic dream. He sees two olive trees, and the olives are falling down into a contraption, which works by itself. Nobody even has to push a button. And the olives get crushed out, and you have this gigantic gula, a big pool of, uh, of olive oil, tremendous pool of olive oil, and golden sparkling menorah, represents a golden era of Beis Hamikdash. And, um, and what do the two olive trees represent? He asks, he, the Navi Zachari is given the prophecy to a malach. He has a dream that a malach is, is showing him all of this. So he asks the malach, what does it represent? So he tells him, the two olive trees represent the Shnei B'nei HaYitzhar, the two olive people. Who are the two olive people? So Rashi on Zechariah quotes from the Medrash, that's the Kain Godel and the Melech from the Malchus Beis David. The kings from Malchus Beis David are anointed the Sheikh of Bishem and Amishchet. That's the Melech HaMashiach. 
Mabacha Mashiach has Mashiach Bishem and Amishka with olive oil. And the Kain Gadol, Gadol has Mashiach Bishem and Amishka with the Shem and Mishka's Kodesh. So the two olive trees represent a golden era of Kuna Gedoyla, and Malchus Beis David, and the beautiful Menorah represents a sparkling era based on Migdash, and everything goes Vigishmirt. Everything happens by itself. The olives fall down by themselves. Everything is going by itself. It gets squeezed out by itself in a big pool of oil, and then. 49 streams, he describes, 49 streams of oil are flowing from this pool into this menorah. The menorah, the, our menorah has eight candles for the eight containers. For the eight nights of Hanukkah, the menorah, based on English, only had seven cups on top. That's what it says in the Chumash. So the seven streams of olive oil are flowing into the first cup. Seven streams flowing into the second cup. Seven times seven is the 49 streams of oil. That's what the Navi is describing. So the Navi says, but it doesn't correspond to reality. There isn't going to be any Malchus based of it. The second based on English, there was no Jewish Melech till the days of the Hashmonai. The Hashmonai were Kahanim. Malchus based of it is from Shevet Yehuda. Malchus based of it is going to be the Moisam Mashiach. The Mashiach is going to be from based on What are you showing me? Then he said, What are you showing me? A Kohen Gadol, Mashiach, Bishem, and Amishcha. There was no Shem and Amishcha. The whole second based on English, there was no Shem and Amishcha. You read in Divra Yomim, Yoshiyahu HaMelech hid the Shem and Amishcha in the basement of the Bais Rishon years before the destruction of the Bais Rishon. From that time on, they had Kohanu Gedalim, but they didn't anoint them with Shem and Amishcha. They were Merubit Godim. They became Kohanu Gedalim by putting on the big Dekunu Gedalim. They put on the Shemon of Godim. So the Navi says, what are, you, what are you showing? The Navi asked the Malach in the dream, what are you showing me? A prophecy, a golden era, golden menorah, sparkling menorah. Everything is going to go to Gishmir. Nothing went to Gishmir. The whole Baisheni was full of Machlaikas from day number one till the very end. They were fighting with themselves. It was Kiseida fighting the whole time between the Tzdukim and the Prushim. So the Malach gives them an obscure answer. We, we know the words, It's not by force and not by might. Through my spirit. What kind of an answer is that? Well, how is that supposed to explain what's going on? So Rav Chaim Soloveitchik gave a famous explanation on this that they say over. I'm showing you the Malach tells him, I'm not showing you the second the period of the second temple. I'm showing you the period of the third temple. So what has it got to do with He wants to give him a Nechameh that you're wasting your time. He feel, they all felt they're wasting that time building the second base Amigdash. So the, the Malach gives him a Nechameh. No, it's gonna, the third base Amigdash is going to be Givaldic. What does it have to do with the second base Amigdash? So he says, because the third base Amigdash will be a Hemshech of the second. The second was not a continuation of the first. When the first Beis Amigdash was over, that was it. When it was destroyed, that was the end of the period. Because, the Ramam explains why, because when Yeshua Benun gave Kedusha to Eretz Yisrael the first time around, the Kedusha was accomplished by Kibbish Mohammed, by conquering the land. So once they lost the control of Eretz Yisrael, when the Beis Amigdash, when the first Beis Amigdash was destroyed, so the whole Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael uh, disappeared. This time around, the Kedusha is not going to be based on Chayel, not going to be based on Koyach. It's going to be based on Beruchi. HaKadosh Baruch said, I'm going to give my spirit. I'm going to be Mashu Shechinasi. So the Ramam says, the spirit of HaKadosh Baruch the Goyim can't chase it away. When they destroyed the second temple, they didn't chase away the spirit of HaKadosh Baruch they can, they can destroy the Kibush. But from the whole, the first few centuries of the Baishenah, there was no Kibush. So the Mekadosh of Eretz saw the second time around. The Kedusha didn't rest on Kibush, didn't rest on conquest. It wasn't based on Chayel and Koyach, it wasn't based on force. It was based on Ruach Hashem, so that's going to be Kitsha Lasi Lovoy. This second Beis Hamikdash is the Hachone 
is the Haskal of the third Beis English. And then the Haftar concludes, They laid the cornerstone. So Rav Soloveitchik, Zechanabach used to add on, means the whole second temple was the cornerstone for the third temple. Not that they laid the cornerstone of the second temple. He interpreted it along the lines of Rav Chaim, and they, were, they completed the whole building of the second Beis Amigdash, which was a cornerstone for the whole third Beis Amigdash. So all of the Nadim were told the same thing, that this Baishani is going to be Shvachem from the beginning to the end, but they should be excited about the building of the second Beis Amigdash, because this is going to lead to the building of the third, and the next Hanukkah was prophesied in advance to demonstrate that there is a Shechina here. They shouldn't think that uh, there's nothing here, no, there is a Shechina, which will become apparent and obvious when the third base on English will be built. So the fact that we still continue to celebrate Hanukkah today is really no longer in commemoration of the fact that they straightened out the base on English by Shani. By Shani is gone and forgotten as Kharif. We're in a state of Avelis now. We are celebrating already in anticipation of the future. The Jewish people are the historians of the future. We had the video, and they told us that Nes Hanukkah is a similar dova that there's going to be Bias HaMashiach. In the Hasidish Yisvarim, they quote the Pasuk in Tilim, in chapter Kufiutes, that long Perak in Tilim, mm-hmm. where the Pasuk reads, Arachti, there are many, many Psukim there, <laughs> there are many Psukim there, they're gigantic Perak, so it says, among other things, it says, Arachti ner l'meshichi, I have prepared candles to cover the Melech HaMashiach. So in the Hasidish Yisvarim, they interpret that that's perhaps what it means, that we light candles on Hanukkah as a similar dover, that the Melech HaMashiach will be coming and that there will be a third base on English. Truth of the matter is that uh, this is really the explanation for what Purim is all about. The commentaries on the Gemara find it very difficult to understand how did they ever institute the Yantav of Purim in the first place. According to the Talmudic tradition, the story of Purim occurred in the middle of the 70 years of Golas Bava. So there was no base on English at all. So the, the story of Purim had nothing to do with any Beis Amigdash. So it should be a violation of Baltasit. To establish a Yantar Purim should be a violation of Baltasit. So the Shagasai breaks his head on this kasha, and the Hassan Seifer works on the kasha, and the Svasem is many Mephoshim, and the Nesivis. So the Nesivis, in his commentary on, on uh, Megillah Esther, writes that the Chachamim in that generation felt that this was going to lead towards the building of the second temple. He used the expression, it was an Aschalta de Geula. Geula means Binyad Beis Amigdosh. So the Chachamim in that generation says, not Alpi Novi. He says, you don't have to have a Novi. If the Chachamim size up the situation historically, and they think, he claims that they were wrong. The Nesivis claims that they were wrong later, but uh, and that's why they had to modify the observance of Purim. That, that's uh, the rest of his chapter. He says at the time that they established Purim, he says they felt, they thought that historically this was going to lead towards the building of the second temple. So the Svasemis and others say that it was correct. They say they didn't make a mistake. That the Nes Purim did, a little, did lead towards the building of the, of the second base Amigdash. And the Nes Purim led towards the building of the third base Amigdash also. That's for another occasion to discuss. That's why we still continue to observe these two young Italians. After all the other holidays of Megillah Sinus are gone and forgotten because there's no more Bayesheni to, to celebrate about, these two Yamim we still observe because Nes Purim in the first place was established as an Aschalta de Gula, as the Hachone, as the thing that enabled us to build the second and the third base on English. The Kabbalah Satara knew on the occasion of Nes Purim is what gave us the right to build the second and the third temple. And the Nes of Hanukkah today is uh, slightly different from what it, the Yontav of Hanukkah today celebrated no longer in commemoration of the past but rather in anticipation of the future. Mm-hmm. 
And if you look in the Navi Chagai, when it continues its prophecy, he says, and he says, and the Talmud uses the phrase Sholem to mean Beis Amigdosh. means when you have Beis Amigdosh. means when you don't have Beis Amigdosh. That's supposed to be the Mokam Sholem. Rashi and Chumash quotes, you're not allowed to use Avnei uh, Gozis to build the Mizbeach because the Mizbeach and the Beis Amigdosh is supposed to be a Mokam Sholem. The Aben Amalek wasn't permitted to build the Beis Amigdosh because he was in Ishmael Chama. He was told by the Navi he's going to have a son Shlomo who's going to be an Ishalom. The Amigdash is supposed to be Shalom. The only way to get Shalom in Eretz Yisrael is to have the Mokam Amigdash. Give away the Mokam Amigdash to, to your friendly neighbors. You ain't going to have no Shalom. The Shalom is going to be if the, if the Jews will have the Shlita and the Mokam Amigdash and they'll make Hachonis towards building the base Amigdash. That, that's why the Tanakh refers to the base Amigdash as the, as the, as the Mokam Shalom. So we have to hope and pray that our Kodesh should fulfill his prophecies soon. And uh, when we celebrate Hanukkah this year, we should have in mind that this should be the last Hanukkah before the, before the building of the Third Temple. Thank you very much.